the big Scottish football podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the big Scottish football podcast. I'm Stephen Mill, he's Ewan Cameron, how you doing? Hello Aberdeen fans. <laughs> I mean, you've just spent the last week trolling Aberdeen fans and there's lots of them so angry with you. It's great banter. I'm loved every second of it. Are we getting Ali Beg on the show? We're getting Ali Beg on the show. So if you don't know who Ali is, big Aberdeen fan. He joins us on the big Saturday football show to uh, cover Aberdeen matches. And uh, yeah, him and you and get on famously well. <laughs> but we, we're a team, you and I, right? This podcast is um, something that we've worked on for 39 shows. Yes. I wasn't consulted about Ali Beg appearing on the programme today. Why do you make decisions out with... A conversation with me uh, Because it's funny No, Sometimes, no, no, no. Yeah. But, but the thing is though, Stephen This is a partnership This is a team We discuss what we're going to do on the podcast You just can't go and make decisions Based on something that you want to do Without consulting me right. And if you don't consult me Then I might not like what we're going to do in the podcast And I'm not that best pleased That you have invited Ali Beg onto the programme To talk about Aberdeen Winning 2-0 yesterday and going five points clear of hearts. It's good to get an Aberdeen perspective because you would not have provided that. I'm not <laughs> I'm not an Aberdeen fan, so like we need some sort of balance on okay, here. Okay. Uh, so anyway, it was a big weekend in the SPFL. Top six and bottom six are now locked in. Both Celtic and Rangers dropping points over the weekend. And we crowned another league champion as well. We'll go through all the games and we'll look ahead to this weekend's big Scottish Cup semi-finals at Hamden. Quiz question for you and we don't need an answer right now this is one for you producer Chris to do some research on so both Rangers and Celtic didn't win at the weekend when did that last happen interesting very interesting good question that not obviously when they play each other and they draw forget that but out with the playing each other when did Rangers and Celtic in the same weekend not win a game that's uh, a good good question good luck with that Chris a- a- any idea Stephen on top of your head can you think of any time that that happened it did happen this season are we counting European games? No, no just, just league games. Just European games. For f- I mean, <laughs> me, wait, you're, wait, still, wait. you're still on probation. <laughs> when, right? when was the last time Celtic and Rangers both won a European <laughs> game? That's probably a better question for you. Um, so anyway, yeah. We'll find that out. Uh, we'll find out by the end of the show. Uh, and uh, as I said, we'll look ahead to the big Scottish Cup semi-finals. We have Falkirk versus Inverness on Saturday. And then, of course, Celtic versus Rangers on Sunday. Plus, we'll go through your shouts for if Scottish football was an island. We'll set up this week's one as well. And make sure you subscribe to the big Scottish football podcast wherever you're listening. You can find us on Twitter. We're at Big Football Scott at Big Football Scott. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook as well. Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Right, where would you like to start, you and Cameron? Just start in order. Okay, we'll, we'll start. We'll do Aberdeen Rangers last. Okay, that's fine then. So let's start. Heart 6, Ross County 1 on Saturday lunchtime. It was a demolition from the Jambos. Ross County, big problems with air. We'll get to that in a wee second, but from a Hearts point of view, you and Cameron, you must be chuffy because... Menus have been rotten recently And then that's bouncing back in style What did he do on Saturday That I've been screaming for For the last four months Played three at the back Four, two, three, one <laughs> What did he do on Saturday Played a four, two, three, one I've been screaming for it I've been screaming for it Devlin and Haring Protecting the back four You've got Janelli You've got Shankland You had Barry Mackay Oda got a run And he was superb as well Caused all sorts of problems I was delighted for Stephen Naismith and I was delighted for the Hearts players because they were, they were actually playing in a team that was 
play to their strengths and what they can offer on the pitch. That three, five, three, four, five, six, whatever thing that Nielsen was doing just wasn't working. So yes. Do you know what we're, you're we're, turning into? We're back. We're back. What am I turning into? Remember Mike Bassett, England manager, with Ricky Tomlinson? Uh-huh. And there's a bit where he's play where he says, We'll play four, four, fucking two. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the you're you and Cameron Scotland manager. That's what it is. We'll play four, two, three, one, mate. That's all it is. It was six going on ten. I thought hearts were excellent. We had pace, we had energy, we got in their faces, we didn't give them a chance to breathe. I thought we were outstanding, yes, you could say it was the bottom team in the Scottish Premier League, but you've still got to beat them, and the way Hearts have been playing up until that point was poor. Hopefully it's a sign of things to come, and uh, hope it's not too little too late. Lauren Shankland scoring his 25th goal of the season on Saturday, or oh, well, he's actually 23rd, 24th and 25th yes. goal on Saturday. Are Hearts going to keep a hold of him in the summer? I mean, we all know he's a Rangers man. Rangers are looking for a striker and there are rumours flying around that they have inquired about the availability of Shankland in the summer. Now, Hearts are in a really strong position financially where they don't now need to bend over a barrel and just take whatever Rangers or Celtic give them like what happened in the past. So if Lawrence Shanklin is to go in the summer, then Hearts are going to be looking for anything upwards of £3.5 million. Don't even knock on our door unless you're paying us anything in excess of three and a half million pounds. And not only are you going to pay us that money, but there's going to be add-ons as well. Ross County, are they knackered? It's not looking good for them, is it? As we get through the other fixtures, I mean, they're four points adrift now at the bottom of the table. And you've got Dundee United and Kilmarnock, who will get to great results. I, you've, you, you've got to feel for Malcolm McKay and that squad. It might just be the year that they go down. Four points adrift, as yeah. you said, and one of the reasons for that is Kilmarnock's first away win of the season in the league, and it was an impressive one. 2-0, fully deserved against St Mirren. It was a sellout at Paisley as well. It was billed as the big day for St Mirren getting into the top six, which of course they did do, but... They must have been shitting themselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of a nicer way to put that They there, must but... have been. See, when it was 2-0 Kilmarnock and Dundee United were only winning by a goal to nil against Livingston. I mean, they must have been really worried. If Livingston got back into that game, there'd have been squeaky bum time. But look, they did all their hard work ahead of the game against Kilmarnock. And it was brilliant. Yeah, beating Livingston uh, 3-0 as well recently as well, which is obviously a huge result. So uh, congratulations to St Mirren making the top six for the first time since 1984-85 when they finished fifth in the league. Unbelievable. Stephen Robinson, I take my hat off to you. I bow to your... Fantastic achievement this season and getting St Mirren into the top six. Manager of the year for me. He's up there with Ange Postacoglu for the job that he's done. You reckon? Oh, he's. I mean, Ange Postacoglu will win the manager of the year. Stephen Robinson will get second spot. Okay. Kilmarnock, on the other hand, their first away win since beating Dundee United in the Scottish Cup in the 11th of February, but in the league, it's their first away, away win this season and much it could needed. have come at a better yeah. time. Much, much needed. Massive result that for Derek McInnes, especially with what happened at Tynecastle. And what happened at Tynecastle will have actually boosted Kilmarnock yeah. and uh, the likes of uh, St Johnston and Motherwell and Kilmarnock, etc. So yeah, that was huge for them. Also making the top six are Hibs after a 1-1 draw against St Johnston at the weekend. Stevie May uh, giving the home side the lead with an overhead kick. What was David Marshall doing? Not entirely sure what's going on there, to be honest He's with you. He's slapped about a lot this season. Yeah, exactly. But 
Stephen McLean did go on to say if it wasn't for David Marshall we'd be sitting with three points so he came up with some big saves in the second half he did but that was a poor goal to lose it was you've got to fear for St Johnston now who I think themselves have found themselves in a relegation battle because of that result and, and not to take advantage of Hibs when they were down to 10 men the fair play Hibs and we'll get to VAR WTF very very soon with former top flight referee Des Roach we'll talk about that Jago sending off but fair play to Hibs, they held on and they got the 1-1 draw. Yeah, and that confirms their spot in the top six. St Johnston, they are ninth on 33 points. They're only two points in front of Dundee United and Kilmarnock now and only six in front of Ross County. Remember, they've all to play each other after the split, obviously. Elsewhere, Livingston missing out on the top six and Dundee United making it three wins in a row. 2-0 winners at Tannadice. Uh, Jamie McGrath, Stephen Fletcher with the goals. Both very good finishes yeah. as well. And, you know... As we said about St Mirren on Saturday, the hard work was done before their match on yeah. Saturday. Livingston's failings came before Saturday as Correct. well. Yeah, they were already looking like as if they'd already burst. What's uh, what am I? They burst. Uh, their bubble was burst for the top six. That's very good. Yeah, I was I was talking about a burst tire. I was thinking burst tire. You're thinking a burst bubble, bubble burst. Yeah, bubble bursting. Yeah, I suppose. Because if your tire bursts, it's not good either. Would you know how to change a tyre? Uh, my wife does. <laughs> <laughs> my See, wife does. You know what? I, I don't. I have changed three tyres on my car before. Not all at the same time. I know how to do it now. It's actually relatively straightforward. But is it? Yeah. It genuinely is. Yeah. You see, crank it up. Crank it up and then you need to get the bolt that's the, the key that's in your glove compartment exactly then you need to take that bit off and you mm -hmm. need the wee twisty thing that goes right. and then you stand on it to tighten it don't you exactly uh -huh. that, but that's at the end that's you put the new tyre back on yes yeah. um, so do you have a tyre in the back of your car I don't at the moment <laughs> um, oh because it's cause I, on because I've used it so yeah. what if you burst a tyre now oh well I'd be knackered you'd be knackered because along. I don't have a tyre in the back of my car so I, what would I have you might have an emergency tyre no I don't have a tyre no, but it might be underneath the boot. I don't have it, I've looked. All right, okay. So well, maybe there's a gel thing. You know how you can get some gel things to put in the back of your I, car? I've got a wee pump in the back of the car as well. You've had a wee pump in the back of the car? No, I've got a wee pump in the back of the car. Oh, I was going to say, was that the reason why your tyre was flattened? No, because no, 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 it wasn't, no. <laughs> um, strong suspension on the car, obviously. Um, hey, I've been in your car, isn't there? Strong suspension. <laughs> well, you know what I've actually started doing? See, when you go to get your tyre replaced, uh -huh. and they go, well, Mr Cameron, we have the high-grade tyres, and they're £240, and you're like, just give me the cheapest one. 75 quid. <laughs> Or we've got the medium range tyres, which are 160. Just give me the cheapest one. Or we've got the budget tyres, uh, which are 65 quid. I'll take the 65 quid. Right. So who, who goes for the expensive ones? Okay. So in the long run, are you not spending more money by getting the cheaper option? Because they do say you pay for what you get. That's, well, That that's a sort of old adage, is it not, about but uh, why would about, but, about oh, rich people's shoes okay right so the rich so, man can afford the expensive shoes and he only needs to replace them once every 10 years whereas the poor man can't afford the rich man's shoes so buys new shoes every year but it costs him more so is there no truth in that then well yeah there probably is truth in that right yeah, so, so why would you not just sort of like pay for the more expensive tyres so you're not continually changing the budget because, tire because I think because the tread will go down quicker because of a poorer quality it's nothing to do with what it's, well it is it's, because it's you could every, be breaking a law if the tread is like way down and it's going totally. smooth no I get if, I, if you've got a bald tire you're going to get done no you're I gonna, get you're going to get three points you're going to get a fine the most 
frequent thing to cause me to change my tire is not the tread. It's getting like a nail in it or something like that. But or, would an expensive tire repel that nail? Probably not. No. Well, it's probably it's made of a better material. I, I have no idea. I'm not a tire expert. But what I would say is, you know what I've started doing? There's a place just around the corner for here that does part-worn tires. And actually... You're, They're selling part-worn tires? Yes, and you're better getting part-worn tires unless you're getting four new tires. Because if you have one new one and three ones that are running down, then actually the tread on the new one will wear down unevenly. And that means that you won't get as much out of your new tyre. But how are they allowed to sell a part-worn tyre? Eh, uh, because... So, so they're taking a good tyre off the, a car... The, the, like, say, a car's went for scrap. And uh, the tyre's all right. But the tyres are fine. They'll take the tyres and then they'll put them on my car. And then make a wee bit of money from that. And do you know how much they charge me? £30. For a part-worn tyre? £30 for a part-worn tyre. But how often do you do that, then? Well, twice... I've had nails in my tyre. Yeah, again, but year. if you had an expensive tyre, then Would, it might have bounced off the tyre. I, I don't think that's how it works, Ian. I honestly don't think that's how but it works. But it's quality over quantity, isn't it? No, because I, I've had, exp- so, so, so I've I had think, expensive tyres before. I, I, I think an expensive tyre is a bit like Superman. You fire a bull at him, it's going to bounce off him. Mm-hmm. And that's what a nail does with an expensive tyre. And a less expensive tyre is like, I don't know, a more rubbish superhero. Yes, uh, someone well like Spider Man. I mean, Spider Man's a good superhero. He's no, probably mid range. No, but but he, but he can be hit by a bullet. He, he but he's very quick. He's he very dodges. Quick. He's, but but, ah, but, if exactly. a, but if there's like a, yeah, Batman, if there's a hail of bullets, yeah, then it's very difficult to dodge them all. You're changing the goalposts now. If there's well, a no, but if you were facing an army of guys with guns, yeah, and you fired three hundred bullets at Spider Man, he ain't going to dodge them all, is he? He's very quick. He's got well, his, I'm not got sure his he's spidey un- web and all that. I'm not sure he's that quick in his spidey. He would, he would just, and then he would go away. Oh, fly it, over the soldiers. It, it, it fly, ah, exactly. He ah, could okay. just go for building a building. All right, okay. So, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a rubbish superhero. Who's the worst superhero? Aquaman. Aquaman. Aquaman's yeah. not, Aquaman's all right. What's the... If somebody shoots him, what's he going to do? Swim away. Can he swim away if but you're not But you can't fire a gun under the water. Can you fire a gun under the water? Aye, but that's if you take the gun underwater. But you what, can't fire it. What about if it gets harpooned? But you can fire a harpoon under the water. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I'll tell you who's a rubbish superhero. Who's the guy that's got the arrows in the Marvel movies? Hawkeye. He's rubbish. Jeremy I mean, Renner. I mean, I mean, you look at you look you, like you, you look at the Marvel. He's, he's tremendous at archery. Right. Look at the Marvel Avengers. Right. So you're getting cast from Marvel Avengers. You could be any one of those amazing superheroes. We want you to be the worst. Hawkeye. You're going to be hurt. I'm but, sure when he gets paid fifteen million dollars after doing the film, he won't be hurt. Scarlett Johansson's not a great one either. What's the part she plays? Uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. See, I'm not a fan of Black Widow and Hawkeye. Those are the two most rubbish superheroes ever. You want to be Thor. You want to be Iron Man. You want to be the Hulk. So they're the budget tires. They're the budget tires. Hawkeye and Black Widow. Black Widow and, and Iron Man is your premium tire. Okay, and it finished Dundee United 2, Livingston <laughs> 0 on Saturday. Elsewhere, it was Celtic 1, Motherwell 1. Cal McGregor with a deflected shot, given the presumptive champions the lead. They had won 15 games in a row against Motherwell, and it's the end of a 17-game winning streak, the longest since Jock Steen was in charge in 1968. Is that home, or is that in total? Total, total. total. Okay, total. Right. Celtic fans were raging at the weekend. 
Did you I, see I did, that? I did see. Like, obviously, there was a lot of chat about Motherwell, uh, time, time wasting, wasting yeah. and all the rest there. And I saw lots and lots of, there was other Celtic podcasts and stuff, they were moaning their chops off about it. And I was just like, well, what do you expect? Exactly. I watched Arsenal versus Liverpool at Anfield and Arsenal were time wasting after 33 minutes. Hmm. You do what you have to do to get the result and nobody expects Motherwell to get a result at Parkhead. Fair play to them. There was also They didn't break any rules or any laws. They were just very good at slowing the game down. There was a another article written by a Celtic blog saying that Motherwell's performance was quote everything that was wrong about Scottish football. I mean not to mention the fact that Celtic have played no players under the age of twenty one this season who are Scottish. I would suggest that probably has a bigger impact than Motherwell just <laughs> taking the ball into the corner to be honest with you. So <laughs> Um, I well done. <laughs> love that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. like that's you, a bigger problem for Scottish football. Yeah, of course it is. Right, yeah, yeah, of course it is. Anyway, one. Um, one one. It finished on Saturday. Didn't obviously matter because Celtic ended up extending the lead at the top of the table to thirteen points because Rangers couldn't beat Aberdeen yesterday. And joining us on the line now, we have from the Big Saturday Football Show, Ali Beg. How are you doing, Ali? You okay? <laughs> How is his face tripping this morning? That's all I want to know. Is it tripping like it's never tripped before? I mean, and to be honest with you, after your nonsense at the weekend, you deserve nothing less, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ewan Cameron is not a happy boy. I mean, if you didn't hear the big Saturday football show on Saturday, you're maybe you're listening to Super I Scoreboard. Did. I mean, it was it was a rant and a half, both from you, Ali, to be fair as well, on the Aberdeen side of things, which is totally fine. And then the retort from uh, Ewan Cameron was quite something special. You can head over on our socials. We'll retweet it um, from the podcast page so you can hear it. Um, but Ali, just in terms of the football right now, it was everything that you said you wanted from the performance yesterday, wasn't it? Oh, it was just a fantastic performance, particularly in the second half. I was a bit worried about the first half because I felt they just enjoyed far too much possession. We were giving them too much time on the ball. And then in the second half, we just changed it around completely. Pataudry was like a Pataudry of old. Everybody was up. Everybody was getting behind the boys. It was a magnificent second half performance. And you know what? We absolutely deserve to win that game and we could have won it by more. You didn't deserve to win it. Can I just say, Ali, we you need to stop commenting about Aberdeen Football Club because you continually get it wrong. No, I don't. no I don't. When are you ever going to learn? No, I don't. Stop commenting about Aberdeen. I, I don't Come get it wrong. I... your own mob and it will be so much better for you. May I look at things objectively. I don't have the blinkers on. You, you clearly have the blinkers on. No, no, you do. You have the blinkers on. You're saying that you should have won that game and you deserve to win it, etc. And you could have gone on and I quote, won it more comfortably. Did you watch that first 25, 30 minutes when you had a, when Rangers had a shot cleared Does off the matter? line? They hit the post. They also missed a couple of sitters as well. No, but but you didn't win it comfortably. Matter. You know it's the result and then, that matters. And, and then the opening we won goal. Two nil. Mate, the we opening, took our chances. No, they didn't. The opening, that is all that matters right. at the end of the day. The opening goal was a fluke and there's also debate around the second goal being offside. You're clutching. You're clutching. I mean, I think you do give the benefit of the doubt to the attacking player, but I could have um, seen why they would have given an offside there for Miofsky's second goal and the scales cross went into the back of the net. You're just spewing because, <laughs> and I quote, Aberdeen will not beat Rangers on Sunday. 
End of quote. You did say that. Again. You did I, say that. I, I said that last Monday because I was hurting after losing to Hibs and that we didn't close the gap on Aberdeen. When I thought about it and I looked at it in the cold light of day, I did say on Friday, I also said on the big Saturday football show, and I also tweeted I expected Aberdeen to get something from the game, which they did. But I'm going to tell you this right now, Ali Beg, and mark my words on this, okay? Write this oh, down. Take a copy of the podcast and play it over to yourself because Hearts will still finish third. We will beat you to third spot. That is a guarantee. I am telling you that right now on the podcast today. Enjoy your moment in sunshine, my friend, but it ain't going to last much longer. So you're still sticking to that, you and Hearts will finish third. Despite the fact that Hearts have it's a, irrelevant. a five point disadvantage. It's irrelevant because see when the split fixtures come out, Aberdeen have got two home games. Hearts have got three home games. You and if Hearts win, only need if, to win two games. But who, who, you be need to win two who, games. who are you being? You need to win four games. Who are you being? Who, who are you being? We'll beat Rangers. We'll beat Celtic. We'll beat Hearts. We'll beat St Mirren. We'll beat Hibs. We'll beat the Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> have you not seen Aberdeen's recent form? They're beating everyone, Ian. Come on. Um, you know, in all seriousness, Ali Beg. You couldn't have foreseen this a few months ago. I mean, think of the Darville performance, yeah. the, the Hearts performance, the Hibs performance that led to Jim Goodwin getting the punt. I mean, if somebody would have told you then, you'd be red-hot favourites to finish third place, guarantee European group stage football next season, you'd have just laughed your head off. Honestly, I cannot believe the turnaround in our fortunes. Everybody has come together after what happened against Darville. The club took a stance. They made a very brave decision. It was the only decision they had to make. I wish it hadn't taken them a week to do so, but they had to get rid of Jim. Bringing in Barry was brave. And Barry needs to take so many plaudits for what he has done in terms of galvanising the boys, galvanising the football club, getting us together as a club and letting everybody that is on that playing staff know exactly what it means and what it takes to play for Aberdeen Football Club. And at this stage, right now, as we speak, give him the job he deserves it he's earned it aye very good (laughs) (laughs) right Ali um, I'm sure we'll have you on before the end of the season especially if Aberdeen can stretch their lead in third place no it's not happening you'll definitely be back on in that case Uh, but we'll let you go just now thanks very much for coming on and angering Ewing so much All right. (laughs) take care love you my man take care the big Scottish football podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. So there he goes, Ali Beg there. And uh, yes, we also, during that, producer Chris has been hard at work. Yes, he has been. In terms of when's the last time both Celtic and Rangers didn't win of a weekend? We have an answer. What is the answer? Give me that over here, mate. <laughs> Could you not remember it? So the last time that Celtic and Rangers, at the same time, and the same weekend didn't win a game was on the 27th of February 2022. So just over a year ago. It was Hibs nil, Celtic nil at Easter Road and Rangers 2, Motherwell 2. Do you remember when Rangers started to implode when they were going for the league title? And that was one of those games where they were 2-0 up and then Motherwell came back to draw 2-2. Okay. So that was it. Championship, Friday night. Air United nil, Queen's Park nil. Queen's Park missing the chance to go top of the table. Air stay fifth, a point behind Partick Thistle in the playoff position. We'll get to the big game on Saturday, which was Dundee 1. Uh, sorry, Inverness Cali 1, Dundee 1. 
Inverness keep their unbeaten run going ahead of next week's semi-final and Dundee go a point clear at the top of the table. Lyle Cameron opening the scoring for Dundee and then Austin Samuels levelling for Inverness Cali. And so that means that Inverness's unbeaten run continues. Dundee mm-hmm. are a point clear at the top. Dundee's two remaining fixtures, Cove Rangers at home on Friday, Friday night. And then the final weekend of the season that's all on the Friday night is Queen's Park against Dundee. So is it going to go down to no, that though? I, I don't think it is. And I said this on the big Saturday football show. I think that the league is over this weekend. Dundee beat Cove Rangers to go four points clear. That piles of pressure on Queen's Park Who then have to go to Morton on the Saturday And Morton themselves have got a lot to play for Because they themselves are trying to get themselves into the playoff positions And I don't think that Queen's Park beat them Even if Queen's Park get a draw And they're three points going into the final game of the season Dundee's superior goal difference means that this league will be over I know not mathematically but it will be over so I think it's done and dusted and the final game of the season will not matter a jot so Friday night Dundee play Cove Rangers Cove, Ranger, Cove Rangers beat our broth away on Saturday by a goal to nil a massive massive win for them because at the bottom of the championship oh yeah boy so you've got Cove Rangers on 30 Hamilton on 30 points they could only get a point against Partick Thistle despite the fact they were leading going into stoppage time so it finished 2-2 there so Hamilton are on 30 points they've only got one game left Hamilton as well and our broth are on 33 points and our broth they take on Partick Thistle on Saturday that's going to be a big game at Mm Fur Hill and then the week after that it's our broth versus Hamilton the final game of the season is it going to come down to that or Well, our both get something at Thistle on Saturday, and no. that means it's pretty much done. No, I think a point we'll... for our both means that they can't finish below Hamilton if they get that on Saturday. So for me, I think Cove Rangers will be relegated. They won't get anything against Dundee at Dens Park on Friday night. Okay. I think that the best that our both can hope for, again, because Partick Thistle themselves are trying to get themselves into the playoff, is the best they can hope for is a draw which means it will come down to the final game of the season, which is Arbroath versus Hamilton. And it'll be between those two for the playoff position in regards to the relegation dogfight. But I think Cove are gone, despite their result at the weekend. Okay, okay. Elsewhere, uh, what are you thinking of the playoffs then? So this is a situation, obviously Dundee and Queen's Park uh, are on 59 and 58. You've got Inverness on 55. They've only got one game left. They're in third place. Partick Thistle in fourth on 53 points. They've got two games remaining. Air United on 52 again two games remaining and Morton they're on 51 with two games remaining so are we saying Inverness in the playoffs yes Yes. so it's three teams for one place Partick Thistle Air United or Morton two points separating the three of them who's getting the final place Partick Thistle for me will get that final spot because I think they beat Arbroath at home on Saturday and I think that might just be enough to get them over the line okay dokie that is the prediction of you and Cameron so, uh, so put your money on Arbroath <laughs> best wishes to Air and uh, Morton of course who will be in the playoffs if uh, that's anything to go by right let's move on to League One then and it was 1-1 between Dunfermline and Airdrie uh, on Saturday Dunfermline finishing the game with nine men Does Mark as we're champions though Aloha won Falkirk 4 so a morale boosting win for John McGlynn and his men heading into the semi-final this weekend and that means Falkirk secure second place in League 1 the big one that they wanted this season FC Edinburgh 2 Kelty Hearts 2 a big one 
up at Peterhead at the weekend. It was Peterhead versus Clyde. Peterhead were leading for most of that match, but Clyde equalised with just a few minutes to go, and that pretty much secures the relegation playoff spot for them. They can't catch Kelty. They're 16 points behind Kelty, um, but they are now five points ahead of Peterhead. Peterhead really needed to win on Saturday, and they are five points adrift, so they need to win both the remaining fixtures and hope Clyde lose both of theirs, and I don't think that's going to happen. Peterhead's goal difference, by the way, is minus 62. How many? Minus 62. They've conceded 79 goals... And they've only scored 17. Oh, that's awful. That's quite bad. That is bad. So, yeah, it looks like Peterhead are heading for League Two after yeah. that late equaliser for Clyde on Saturday. And uh, Jim Duffy will take his men into the playoffs. In League Two, congratulations finally to Stirling Albion. They have won the league under Darren Young. I've been saying it for the last few weeks. And then there was games postponed. And then they were drawing. And then it didn't matter. And then Dumbarton were winning. But they've actually done it now. So they are nine points clear with just six to play for. So Stirling Albion will be in League One next season. Congratulations to them, Dumbarton. Barton, you know, they were so far in front earlier on this season and they've just collapsed of late, even though, you know, they managed to managed to get a positive result on Saturday, but it doesn't really matter now. You know, Previous results in the last few weeks is what's done them. Yeah, they beat East 5 1 0 on Saturday and there's a big scrap at the bottom of the table as well, is what we like. So Albion Rovers winning 3 1 against Stenhouse Muir on Saturday, which means the gap at the bottom between 10th and 8th is only two points. Albion Rovers on 36 points. Elgin City on 37 points and Bonnyrigg Rose on 38. And that is, despite the fact that Bonny, I mean, Bonnyrigg won on Saturday as well, beating Forfa. And Elgin City, they lost 3-1 to Stranraer. What a journey home that would have been from Stranraer to Elgin, all 300-odd miles or whatever it is. It wasn't. Um, it was 548 miles round trip. Right, so that's 270-odd miles. Oh, you're close. Yeah, I wasn't far off, yeah. Right. Have you not learned not to try and take me on when it comes to mileage? Remember when I almost yeah. correctly predicted within about 10 miles how far Cyprus was away? Yeah. So, like, listen, don't take me on when it comes to mileage. Um, so there you are. So um, are you still sticking with Albion Rovers to either win the league or finish bottom? Obviously, they can't win the league now. So are they going to finish bottom? How many miles have I done in my car? How many miles have you done in your car? I have no idea. No, you can't I, beat I, me when it comes to mileage. I know where you live, though. How long you had the car? 2017 Right, okay Oh, this will be interesting oh, Let's see if you can work this out right, so 2017, I had I got the car And when I got the car So I'm going to help you here When I got the car, there was 15,000 miles on the clock Right, 15,000 miles So, I reckon And all skiing out, I don't use all the time, as you well know No, you don't But you do use it to get to work uh, Sometimes use my ice car as well right. So again, give me another wee clue Right Because okay. sometimes I bring the dug in 2017 that is six years ago no but I didn't get it in 2017 when did you get it it's a second hand car right okay but so, so I when did you it, get it then that, uh, that, that's a false bit of information you gave me there alright no so the car is a 2017 car I can give a hoot about that and there was 15,000 miles on the clock when I got it and when did you get it and I got it in 2021 2021 2020 or 2021 one of the two Right, well, it makes quite the difference that year. What date? What year is it now? It's 2023. Yeah, two years I've had it. Two years? Two okay, years. so you've had it for two years. Yeah, and it was um, 15,000 miles on the clock when I got it. So you're coming from your home to work. So that, I would say that's about 80 miles a day. Remember, I've got holidays and Christmas, and I sometimes don't I'm use a car. There. Right. Christ, give me a minute. Even Chris has got his calculator out for this. 
80 to... I'll say, I'll say four times a week. I think you have 29,000 miles in your car. What do you think, Producer Chris? Put me down for 31. 31,000. I what? mean, you're, you're both very good. What, what is it? It's 35. That was not bad. That was actually really good. I'm actually quite impressed. Because <laughs> I'd have been going like 130,000 miles. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're you and... You're you. I'm me, yeah. Cut my life oh, in... Wrong one. La gente esta muy loca. What the fuck? Okay, time for our weekly look at VAR in Scottish football and WTF. What is going on this weekend? So, lots and lots of stuff to get through. And to go through everything, we have the man himself, Des Roach, former Grade 1 official. How are you doing, Des? you okay? I'm very good, gentlemen. Hope you're well yourself. Okay, let's get straight to the big one that everyone's talking about the weekend, which is St Johnston versus Hibs. Jego getting sent off, straight red card. Des, you're a former referee. Looking at that, obviously Hibs have appealed it as well. We'll see what happens with that. They were not happy. What were your thoughts on it, Des? I've only got one thought on it, and it's it's not a red card. It's absolutely not a red card. I think Craig Napier has how would you say it has been trigger happy and the fact that VAR never get involved mm-hmm. where VAR is there for a clear and obvious error I think he should have had a call in his ear to say I think you need to come across I think Jago's challenge was a it was a controlled challenge I don't think there was anything that was out toward and the bit that got me was I think that's a, a Graham Shinney hangover from last week and if they've been told that that's a red card last week, then he's went there. But I don't see the red card challenge there whatsoever. I actually think, Des, you know, I, I, I probably agree with you there. I think they're probably, that's in the back of their mind, the Graham Shinney tackle. But the Graham Shinney tackle was a red card and that wasn't a red card on Saturday. They were two different challenges. Yeah, and I agree. The challenge yesterday, there's always going to be a follow through from a challenge. If you're, if you're going at pace and two players are coming together, there's a movement there. But there was nothing malicious within that challenge yesterday. There was nothing there. The Graham Shinney one, and again, you can look at stills, you can see bits and pieces, and it'll make everything look horrendous. But I think the Jago one was really controlled, and I don't see a red card in there whatsoever. Des, you know I like to have a pop at referees every now and then, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. So we're all in agreement. I don't think it's a red card, but I also think that the video footage isn't conclusive either I think both angles are pretty poor to see whether there was any contact made or not but the referee's about five yards away from it so could you possibly give him the benefit of the doubt and think that he sees something that we don't see in the camera footage I think Craig Napier's got the best view of anyone so so why would you not go with him and what he sees that we don't see because the referee's got a feel for the game. The referee's got a... What's the temperature of the game? What, what's it going on there? To me, that is a, an honest and robust challenge. And I can't see anything that Craig can't see. And as much as I don't want to give a referee a hard time, I just can't see that being a red card. Right, so you think the referee was pish on Saturday? <laughs> right. So you think he was pish Those are my words But I know what you're getting at here He was pish and he made a mistake And, and the appeal will be won Listen You can make a mistake It's not a hanging offence No I know okay. that But no I'm, I'm not, not I'm putting any words in your mouth But you thought it was sh- a shit decision um, And the referee um, got it wrong And he needs to be hauled over the coals And get his knuckles wrapped And you think the appeal will be won by Hibs 
Yeah, because he's going to get flogged down the high street. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you about the Miofsky goal yesterday? It was a really, really tight decision. It took a while for VAR to, to get the lines on it. Was that onside or offside for Aberdeen second? It was a correct decision. It was onside. Yeah, I agree. I think it was onside. I see when it's that tight, I actually think you should give the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team anyway. Yeah, I think you've got to give the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team. But I think what you've got to also give is you've got to give the benefit of the doubt to the officials who got it correct. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a correct decision. Miofsky was onside, and Aberdeen correctly were, were rewarded with a correct decision. So all, all credit to the to the match officials for that one. There was a couple of penalty shouts for Aberdeen yesterday as well. Duke as well brought down in the box by Suter. The ref wave play on. There was no VAR check on that one, and there was also the Johnny Hayes uh, claim for a penalty in the second half after he was tripped by Lundstrom. Any of them? Do you think correct decisions? VAR should have been involved in those ones. No, I think they were the correct decision with the on-field match officials at that time. Yeah, you're going to have contentious debates around it, but no, I don't think there was any much clamour after it for it. I think it was accepted that they were, they were correct decisions. No bother. Right, Des, thank you very much for joining us on the Big Scottish Football Podcast this morning. I mean, Ewan does put words in your mouth all the time, so I can only apologise for that, And Des. you're definitely not no. on the uh, Christmas card list for Craig Napier, that's for sure, because you just called them piss and shit in this podcast. <laughs> No, I th- no, sorry, I think I think you're not in <laughs> your Christmas card list. Right, that is, honestly. I'll, I'll, let you. Get, I'll let you get back to Danny Daycare, all right? So uh, thanks no. very much for coming on, pal, okay? No problem at all, gentlemen. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Des. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Do you know what we forgot to do there? No. We should have asked Des what sort of miles he did when he was a referee. They would have done loads of miles, but they would have got mileage back. I'm sure referees get my, get their mileage. I'm sure that's one of the perks. So what do you get paid per pence? 40, per mile? 45 pence usually. That's, per mile? Yeah. Is that good? Yes. For, but, I mean, 40, but, but it's one it's one fifty three for diesel just yeah. now. What are we what are we saying here? So I said fifteen thousand miles and you said it's thirty. So you've done about twenty thousand miles in your car, right? Uh-huh. Well f- twenty thousand. 45 pence for every mile. I mean, that's... How much is that? Well, would it not be about four and a half grand? Nine grand. Nine grand. Oh. Nine grand, yeah. What, what? <laughs> Nine grand, yeah. <laughs> Nine grand, yeah. Oh, well, I wish I hadn't bothered asking now. Our diesel's quite expensive, mate. Uh, anyway, if Scottish football were an island, thank you for all your suggestions coming in. It was actually quite the task for producer Chris this week because it was buried in amongst all the Aberdeen fans just abusing <laughs> Ewan. So um, let's get through uh, some of the best ones here. Alistair Green says, Ewan Stevenson. Who? Hey. Louis, Louis Stevenson. Ewan Stevenson. The island of Ewan. Aye. It's Aye. If Scottish football were on an island. Does it have to be an Australian island? Ewan isn't an Australian island. Ewan is like up there. Ryan Fraser Island, which is in Australia. Ah, okay. And Jordan Rhodes. Rhodes the island. Rhodes, yeah. So it's not Scottish islands, it's any island in the world? Yes. Did we not say what is Scottish islands? Nope. Okay. Uh, back post says Charlie Mulgrew, Stephen King's Isley. <laughs> it doesn't really work. Uh, <laughs> Egil Ostenstad. Egil Ostenstad. Is an island egg. called Egg? What's an island called Egg? Um, How'd you like your eggs? Well, 
What, you, what kind of egg do you prefer? Do you prefer boiled? Do you prefer a poached? Do you prefer a fried? I actually... Do you prefer scrambled? I'm a big fan of eggs. I'll take them anyway. I love an egg and I love an omelette, but how would you prefer Apart your egg? Apart from an omelette. You don't like an omelette? don't like omelettes. With a bit of onion in it? With a bit of chilli? Nah, nah. no for me. No for so me. So if you're having a breakfast, right, and you're you're in a hotel, and you go downstairs to the breakfast buffet and there's scrambled egg and fried egg, what are you taking? I'll take a fried egg on the basis that I know that the scrambled eggs are probably out of packet. Because I know somebody who used to work in a hotel and oh, okay. that's how they do the scrambled eggs. Yeah. So it's a fried egg every time? It's a fried egg for me because at least yeah. I know it's fresh. Craig B 2022 says, Kevin Eiley. Ke- Kevin Ky- Kyle These are bad. <sighs> These are bad. Uh, Darren Hodgson, Bora Bora Bollingoli. Silence says it all. Keep going. Uh, George Burns says Gordon Dura. Dura's a lovely island. Uh, Terry Butte. Sure. <laughs> That's not bad. That's all right, George. Uh, Graham McFarlane says, Colin Say Henry. Mm-hmm. Alan Till says, Puerto Rico Catonco. Eile <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barber. Eile Barber, yeah. Uh, Shinshuki Nakajura. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Jura. Yeah. It's a nice island. Uh, Neil McCanna. McCanna? Canna? Where's Canna? Where's, Canna? Canna? where's that? Inner, inner Hebrides. So what's on the Outer Hebrides? Other islands. Aye, yeah, other islands are available. Uh, Barra Ferguson from Alan Till as well. Grand Slam Scotty says Juranovic. Juranovic. No. There's uh, a lot of the same islands popping up here. Yeah, John Bleasdale said Stephen Millport. I've never been to Millport. He's an Aberdeen fan, John Bleasdale. He is a, yeah. John McCormack says Christoph Bora Bora. Or Bora Bora Islands, yeah, aye. Yeah. Uh, Bally McCoist. <laughs> I've never been to Bally. Uh, it looks amazing, though. Uh, Hibitha. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that? John McCormick? Yeah. I love that. Uh, <laughs> Mauritius Malpass. Now they're getting better. Yes, I like that one. Uh, Johnny Mac says Cuba Maravchik. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We've got Malter Smith. <laughs> That's not bad. Which is quite good. Uh, Kenny Burgess says Salius Mykonos. <laughs> Former uh, Hearts player. Yeah. Uh, Cayman Brophy. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, Matondo says Ilsa Craig Gordon. Elsa Craig, the wee one-off. I've been there. Yeah. They, used take, they used to take us there for um, school trips when I was a bairn. Uh, Nicky Breslin says Barry McSky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Moy. Aaron Moy. Oh. Ricky Spence says Love Street Island. Love Island. See Love Island? Yeah. Are they actually on an island? Or yeah. is it just where they are, where it's set, they describe their little pad as an island? No, it's in Mallorca. So it's actually on the island? Yeah. Oh, okay. Robbie L says uh, Cameron Magadagascar Vickers. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Reagan Charles Cook Islands. <laughs> Great Jerry Britain. Uh-huh. He sells Dundonald Bluebells down by the seashore. <laughs> 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 uh, Robin Burnt Island Handy Halliday. Uh-huh. Uh, Burnt Island obviously isn't an island either. I used to go to Burnt Island for, um, for the, the summer, the shows and all that. It shows was brilliant. Great, it was like yeah. the thing you look forward to in the summer. Did you do it as well? Yeah, I, they were just along the road. It's across the Fourth Road Bridge, Burnt Island, when I was wee boy in Edinburgh. It was like the summer highlight. Totally. Stephen Orkney-Smith. No. Yeah. Uh, Inch Keith Lasley. I've been to the uh, wee island of Inch. Cool. Uh, Danny Mull in. Never been to Mull. Ross, 1874. Lawrence Shanklandahoy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, fair O, as an O. Actually, can I just actually pick that one up? Shanklandahoy, you're on a ship. 
You only shout that when you're on a ship. But you're you not on an, an island. island. Yeah. I know, but and you could be sick. You could be. But no, land. It could just. It could be a could, landlocked it country. Could, it could be. Yes. It could. It could. It could be. Well, it wouldn't be a landlocked country because that you wouldn't be sailing to a landlocked country because that would be mental. <laughs> You'd be in a car if you were going to a landlocked country or a plane. I've... You wouldn't. You. The whole point in a landlocked country is the fact that. You can't sail there on a ship. Uh huh. All right. Okay. Right. Just Aye, do, you, do you need to keep going on and on and on? I've, I, you've, yeah, realized, you've made your point. I've, that uh, was a dafty there. Bass Rocky Bashiri. Bass Rock. Where's Bass Rock again? Is that Bass? Is that the rock that Scotland players used to see when they were training? No, that, that's that's the rock. Is it not? Is that not Bass Rock? No. What's Bass Rock? Is it not off North Berwick? Oh, is that where it is? Yeah. What's that rock called in Dumbarton where the Scotland is players? It's not just Dumbarton Rock. Nah, I think there's another name for it. Dunfermline were playing Dumbarton a few years ago and it was freezing. It was it was it was in January. And me and my mate, we went to oh there was a few of us, we went to there's a bowling club right next to the ground at Dumbarton. You're right, right? there is, yes, there is. So we went there for drinks beforehand uh-huh. and it got to about quarter to three and we were like, We'd have a better time here. <laughs> Do you just want to stay here? And not go to the game? So three or four of my mates went to the game and me and my mate stayed. Had a couple of more pints And then we're like Right we better go to the game But then they wouldn't let us in So what we did was We climbed up Dumbarton Rock And watched it for the top of the rock But we didn't realise That that closed at half past four So Can you get it? We were about locked in Because it's all like It's, it's like a castle Aye So like yeah. it was all walled in uh-huh. And the guy came in And went absolutely mental Is it called Dumbarton Rock? I don't know yeah, I think, I think it's just called I think it's just called Dumbarton Rock Anyway let's move on Ross Duncan Ork Neil Lennon uh, Ilsa Craig Levine Charles Greenland uh, Isle of Craig White uh, Sean Toogood says David Van Zante That's quite good I quite like that one Shite Sports Opinions uh, Sean Galapagos Bally <laughs> 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 uh, Bowling Goalie Greenland Rue Halliday Nah I'm not giving you that And Stephen Hill says Fair Isle Berkovich What are you going for? What is your favourite Ewan Cameron? John McCormack Take a bow Ibiza Ibiza right okay that's fine then well done to you for next week since it's the world championships give us your best suggestions for if Scottish football was the snooker was the snooker what examples you got for this Pop Brown (laughs) Pop Brown Uh, Kelly (laughs) Roosable I thought that was very good the Roosable Q Keevans Q Keevans uh and Potodry. <laughs> Potodry. That's actually not bad for examples. That is actually not bad at very all. Very good. Uh, right, very quickly, semi-finals this weekend, June Cameron, no league business. In the Premiership anyway, there's still Championship League 1 and League 2, but semi-finals, Saturday, quarter past 12 kick-off, Falkirk versus Inverness. Not going to be the biggest crowd in no. the world. Why have they done it at quarter past 12 on a Saturday lunchtime? Why couldn't they just make it nice for people? I know. Like just they don't it. give a toss about the fans. Let's be honest about it. And you it. know, I, I know the other thing is, should they play at Hamden? Now they for, shouldn't. But for Diddy teams, they shouldn't. It's a big thing going to Hamden. It's called the road to Hamden and the road to Wembley. Mm. They were having this debate on match of the day yesterday when they were watching the semi final between Manchester United and Brighton, and they were all in agreement the semi final should not be at. Wembley Stadium it now, should be a one day event you're going to there it's a bit like the Champions League final 
Do you know what I mean? You're looking forward to going to the Champions League final, which will be playing in Paris or Istanbul. That's what it should be about. And see when it comes to getting teams, for example, Inverness right now and the Falkirk fans, you're asking them to come down the road or wherever they're travelling from. It makes for a better game and a better atmosphere if, say, there's only 14,000 fans, you stick them into Tyne Castle. You put them in Easter Road. Do you know what I mean? It makes for a better game. I remember there was a League Cup semi-final. I think it was Aberdeen versus... I think it might have been Hibs, actually. And they played it at Tynecastle. And it was a... No, was it St. Johnston? Do you remember a few years ago? Anyway, it was at Tynecastle. What a game. And the atmosphere was bouncing. They've got to look at that because it's not great for Scottish football. I know Hamden need the money. And that's why they do it. But I think it's a poor advert for Scottish football when you put on a semi-final they'll have 14,000 fans at it in a 52,000-seater stadium. I just I also think the Scotland friendlies should be moved around the country as well. How many times have we turned up for a Scotland friendly and there's 12,000 fans there? It's a joke and it's embarrassing. So I think we need to look at the bigger picture and what's best for the game. I think that a compromise to that is just have it at a good kickoff time so that Inverness fans don't need to leave at 5 o'clock I know, I agree with that you're 100% right but I don't think it's going to add that much more onto the gate I still think you get less than 20,000 turn up to 52,000 seat stadium well, I mean that's obviously because Inverness and you know that's what I'm saying more so Inverness aren't as big a side as Falkirk but I'm not having a pop at them that's the size of their support and that's fine that's why I think they should move it to a smaller ground to make it a better game and a better atmosphere so what happens on this occasion when Celtic play Rangers in the semi-final where do they have that at Hamden? you'd have to have that at Hamden that's, that, there has to be an exception to the rule or you could you could look at putting it at Murrayfield and then you've got Celtic and Rangers fans having to travel through to Edinburgh for a match and they could just have it well, in Glasgow. Well, well, I did just say you, you could make that an exception to the rule. You probably would have the semi final of it Celtic versus Rangers there. Is that not just pandering to Celtic and Rangers just because they're Celtic and Rangers? But look at the size of their support. What yeah. else what do you want to do? Send them to Tynecastle for 18,000 fans? No, that'd be no. stupid. Well, of course it would be. Right? Yeah. But you're, you're, you're just so, trying. So, so you're saying don't use. You're the, arguing for the sake of arguing. You're trying to no, twist things that I, I'm saying. I'm absolutely not. I'm totally not. Are you, 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 you telling me that the Falkirk Inverness game on Saturday should be at Hamden? I think there's arguments for and against it. Well, I'm not asking. Well, clearly, that's the point we're making here. But I'm asking for your opinion. I think there's something special about going to Hamden. And if you're a smaller team who don't get to go there very often, like Falkirk and Inverness are, you're depriving the supporters depriving. and 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 Shut the players up. actually and the Shh. players actually screw the players. It's How? not about them; it's about the fans. But it's also you're, well, you. Both want, of them. See, what what what's for me the key thing? Just have it at for, a good kickoff see, time. See for a game of football. Do you know right? what they could have done? They could since <sighs> since uh, Man City and Sheffield United kicked off at quarter to five on Saturday, and this blackout doesn't actually exist on a Saturday afternoon anymore, unless you're the FA Cup. Why didn't they just have it on the telly at three o'clock on Saturday? Because it obviously it doesn't matter anymore. The most important part of a football match is the fans. The twelve or fifteen kickoff time is ridiculous, and it is not helping the fans in any way whatsoever. The second point I'm going to make here is that fans make the game. The atmosphere makes the game. And when you've got 14,000, 15,000 fans rattling about a 52,000-seater stadium, ain't doing the players any good, and it's a poor fan experience. Hamden's bad enough as it is when it's full. When there's 15,000 people rattling around in it, it's an even worse experience. I've been there 
on nights so when that. Scotland have played in front of 12,000 fans there's nothing worse Dunfermline played Hibs in the semi-final in 2007 and it was when there was still uh, semi-final replays the first game was 0-0 it was a Sunday I think uh-huh. uh, I think it was a 3 o'clock kickoff. wasn't on the telly uh, and I think the crowd was something like 30,000 mm-hmm. or something like that obviously Hibs brought the majority yeah. of the support but then the replay was midweek and Dunfermline were in the main stand and Hibs got the north stand and I think the crowd was something like nine and a half thousand yeah. and yeah it, it was it was rubbish but, but again because Dunfermline won it's still a really special night I'll still think of that as a great memory so I, I, I totally I, I get your point but I just think semi-finals need to be at Hamden or they're not at Hamden and you can't make any exceptions just because it's Celtic and Rangers so we've got the semi-finals this weekend we've actually got the final this weekend I don't know. I think Inverness Wait, and Falkirk, I wouldn't say that's the final. The final for Inverness and Falkirk is just to get to the final and though? to be part of it. Is it? Because whoever wins against Rangers Celtic will obliterate whoever they face in the final, whether it be Falkirk or Inverness. I mean, that's a game I might not even watch because I think it could be embarrassing. So this weekend, there are two finals because whoever wins with Celtic and Rangers will go on to win the Scottish Cup do you want to get a, Do you want to get obliterated in the Scottish Cup final? Like, if uh, seriously, if I'm a Falkirk fan and we get through the final and we play Celtic <sighs> and get beat 12-0... I mean, it could happen. I mean, from a Dunfermline fan's point of view, oh my God, that would be amazing. I mean, it's, it, all, it's almost worth Falkirk getting to the final for do, do you know what? You you could well be right. I mean, I would not put it against... Yeah, amazing. Celtic getting six, seven, eight, nine against Falkirk if they got to the final. Oh, music to my ears. Right, so oh, well, who's going to win? Who, what, what is going to be the final? I'd love Falkirk to get there just for our boss, Victoria, and also producer John Mack, who's a Falkirk fan, but I just don't see it. I think Inverness are playing really well just now. I think Inverness yeah. will win as well. So I think it'll be Inverness, and then it's a toss of coin between Rangers and Celtic. Is it though? I think it is. I think because I think. Like, let's be honest. Michael Beale hasn't had one big result yet. No, I, but I think it's a toss of a coin. Just because Rangers know this is their last chance to stop Celtic. All the pressures on Rangers. All the pressures on Rangers, but Celtic are going to be favourites, and rightly so. Okay, okay. That's you and Cameron. Don't blame me. Blame him. This has been the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, you and Cameron. Thanks very much for joining us this week again. We'll be back with episode 40 next week. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on whichever podcast provider you use so you don't miss one. And leave us a five-star review, as always, as well. Keep an eye on our socials for if Scottish football were the snooker. And get your tweets in, and we'll be back next week at the usual time for another brand new episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Cheerio, bye. Bye.